What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Don't Fret podcast. My name is D. Fretter. I'm a poet and spoken word artist from just outside of Vancouver, BC, Canada. One of my favorite things to do is sit down with another creative and have a conversation about what they do, why they do it, mental health, self-love, and other things like that. This is a podcast where I have those conversations, record them, and then share them with you. Before we get into the episode, it would mean the world to me if you would hit the subscribe button. Not only will that ensure that you never miss another episode, but it'll also help expand the show. This week on the podcast, I talked to a counselor. Nah, this is not me just like recording a counseling session with my therapist or anything like that. I'm talking to Karen Egan, one of my oldest friends, and we just talk about like we start the episode off reminiscing about how we first met, and we talk about her mental health journey and how she got into her practice. And we talk a lot about, you know, mental health, self-love, self-care, and all the stuff that you know defretter to talk about. It's a really fun episode, and this is maybe one of the most soothing episodes we've ever done. So I really hope you enjoy it. And uh, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. So the first time I met you, I was sitting in your living room, like yeah, on the couch. You were. <laughs> absurdly hot. Yes. Like you're so warm. And I was like sweating and, and uh, I was hanging out with Hannah mm-hmm. and you know, you came home from, I think, work or something and joined the conversation we were having. And I remember just being like, wow, she's really cool. I like, I really like that lady. Um, <laughs> well, that's but I had nice. no idea that I'd end up knowing you yeah. for like damn near a decade now. Wow. You, you know, you'd be married to one of my closest friends and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just, it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, it, it's cool to look back and like, wow, that grew into like a really special friendship, you know? And that's cool. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been a real pleasure to, you know, get to know you and watch you do what you've been doing. And again, you know, like watch you like date and fall in love with my boy <laughs> and stuff. But, um, you know, when process. I met you, yeah. we, you know, you were going to college. Yeah. What was going on before that? Like, where did you grow up in the same like lower mainland area, that kind of thing? Or yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 a pretty boring story to be honest. Like I have been born and raised in the lower mainland and have never left. <laughs> <laughs> so I sometimes like relish your uh like your reminiscing and of like the college days back east. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I was born in Langley. And I went to school in Abbotsford and then I went and did more school in Langley. Nice. And now I live back in Abbotsford. <laughs> <laughs> but that won't be forever. That's just the chapter we're in right now. So Yeah, yeah for sure. Sometimes it takes yeah. a little bit more life before people leave and, and move on to other places or some people stay totally. and that's a beautiful thing too. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of roots here and I feel really blessed and grateful to like have have so much community and it, there's also like that yearning to know like the struggle of starting again and to like you know start another chapter and experience yeah. the hardship of like finding community and yeah kind of I don't know, relating to what most people experience doing something that's hard yeah for the first time yeah for sure I mean I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now I did that back east you know college days and uh, yeah that sucked I don't know. Do <laughs> well, I'll probably not move. Probably not move to uh, what is it, Hepburn? Yeah, but no, that, um, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, 
you know, big love to any of the homies who listen. Yes, uh, in Hepburn. Yeah, in Hepburn or just from those days. But, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't go back, but they probably yeah. already know that. <laughs> totally, totally. And then when you go away, then you return home and you're like, ah, oh, this place is actually, there's some things I really like about this area. So yeah. who knows? Maybe I'll feel that way about the lower mainland one day. Maybe. I mean, I came back and I felt like I didn't, like most of my people had kind of scattered and I, mm-hmm. I did have to kind of find community. And, you know, like I was kind of fumbling around and I've, I've made, I joined friend groups here and there for the next couple of years mm-hmm. and it just didn't really quite fit, you know? And so it's only mm-hmm. been in like recent history with, you know, the guy, like the, the don't fret guys that yeah um I really feel like I have like a crew, you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. even like, you know, you're, Blake has joined the band and stuff like that, which is really I fun. I love that. And, uh, we're really, we're stoked to have them. So it's like, I have a crew now and it's like, mm-hmm. it's definitely like solid and there's room to grow, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, enough about me and, 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 uh, where you grew up, I guess if it wasn't, it, it you're, you've got two siblings, right? Yes, yeah. I am. I am the youngest of three and they're, yeah, they're, they're living in BC local enough. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not like the baby of the family. Nice. I don't know if, yeah, if you identify as that, <laughs> but it's a role. <laughs> I, mean, I can't really. Um, right. Because, yeah. you know, like in, in the adoptive family, I'm the youngest. Yeah. But then in my yeah. biological siblings, I'm significantly the oldest. Right. Yeah. And so it just kind of depends on what room I'm in. Totally. But that's always shifting. Yeah. I'm I'm constantly in motion. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So you, when you were in college the first time around what were you studying so I I went to college for like the goal of actually becoming a counselor um that not not that that's supposed to sound special it's just that was like what led me to that program that I chose um and uh yeah like I I kind of just blindly went for it I didn't know anyone at the college that I went to um it was faith-based but I wasn't part of that faith denomination. So I kind of just showed up and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I was told about this school (laughs) and this program and it sounded like for me. So um, yeah. And I kind of just kept my head down and did that for four years. And then my goal was to uh, do graduate studies after that, no money at all. So I just kind of like believed that it was going to happen I went student loans the whole way and I'm very grateful for that. Not everyone has, you know, the resources to get an education from their families or their family support. So, um, and at college is where I met my partner, Blake. So that was also, you know, an incredible thing that I didn't necessarily anticipate. Um, yeah. So as I said, that was, I was for counseling foundations was my, my major and then that transitioned well into a graduate program um, at a local university in a marriage and family therapy program which is basically like a master's in counseling cool that sounds pretty straightforward I'm like, yeah, yeah. Was easy <laughs> there to it follow, is you know um which is which is great i love that um when you like i, I don't want to get too much into the practice just for like you know yeah, no, totally. I appreciate like that. Whatever. But I, I, I've always wanted to, I, I don't really ask this of like friends or, you know, friends we share or people that I know. 
who like do mental health work and I'm always curious like do you need extra counseling or extra therapy right for, like the the stuff that are no, the stuff that people come to you for and then you right. gotta deal with the stuff that you dealt with at work as well like that sounds like a lot to hold like your own healing mm-hmm. journey and then the mm-hmm. healing journeys of multiple other people of varying degrees of intensity like that is that how is that for you that's a really good question and I don't think I've ever been asked it before so that's that's really yeah it's a really neat question um I I'd say yes like it it is sometimes like uh labeled as supervision um so you could be accessing your own individual support Um, from someone who is like a supervisor Mm. but essentially like they're a therapist for therapists if that makes sense Um, and so thankfully where like my main employment I I have that support system to be able to like um, process if something's like personally challenging to me or um, you know kind of work through what we call like counter transference so it's like maybe Maybe I'm seeing something in the room that is triggering a part of me mm-hmm. um, or I'm picking up on someone else's emotions and like might be misunderstanding them as my own. Mm-hmm. And so um, those things are are meant to be kind of processed in like the safety of like a, a, a boss or supervisor role. Yeah. And then like I also have colleagues and myself have sought out um going for extra <laughs> just you know if you haven't gotten enough uh double dip and you go for yeah in, individual counseling where maybe you don't talk about work but you could right. um and confidentially of course you're not talking about clients but you're talking about themes that come up yeah. um family family of origin stuff so always a favorite topic <laughs> oh yeah you don't gotta tell uh, me yeah just just endless endless content never ends um so yeah, I'd say definitely. And even in the process of like getting my education, it was like, I, I definitely needed to be in counseling and appreciated that because it kind of helped me kind of almost see where I wanted to be too. Like well, I'm sitting in this seat. I think it was very humbling to be sitting in the seat across. Um, it's vulnerable. You feel very exposed. Yeah. And then to know maybe one day I'll be in the other seat. And I will have this like incredible empathy, hopefully, to know what it's like to be in the seat I'm in right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely an advocate for doing personal therapy. And I get that there's so many reasons why it's hard to stick with it. And yeah, it is hard work, which I'm sure that theme will come up again in our conversation. Oh, <laughs> how absolutely. hard it is to take care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, self-care, self-love is no joke. Like A lot of people on social media that are big advocates or big proponents of those terms make it look real flowery, real fluffy. Yeah. Like you're always going to be feeling good. And in my own personal journey, I have not felt good, probably a good most of the time, you know, just because it's a lot to like, it's a lot to look at, you know, and um, I just started a new like with a new therapist recently and they use a different model than my therapists before mm-hmm. and i guess this is either more effective or it's because it's new i wasn't yeah. quite ready for it 
Right. And yeah, it cracked me open and I didn't leave feeling great. Right. And I have not been like moving through the world feeling awesome mm-hmm. uh, since then. It's been been a trip for sure. Um, like I'm I'm happy, not I'm not happy, but I'm grateful totally that that is where I'm headed and, and I feel like it's been a bit of a breakthrough. But mm-hmm. I also am feeling that brokenness, if that makes yeah. sense. Totally. I I hear I hear you and I think that that is like maybe a misconception a misconception that like sometimes going and working on yourself or or working through something that like we are hoping to feel maybe different or better on the other side and sometimes we actually do feel worse because we're facing it's bringing up a lot to the surface and like we've all worked very hard all of us to survive and to kind of cope through and maybe Mm -hmm. even like ignore the things that you're like purposely going to unearth so like I think it makes so much sense and it also feels sometimes like I paid money to feel like this <laughs> and 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 I'm I'm choosing to keep investing in this even though like the results aren't fast or yeah. um they are worth it and meaningful but it's it's like you're sitting more with your pain and that's like a very odd thing usually when we buy a product or something we're like oh yeah it's so satisfying immediately but this mm-hmm. isn't instant instantly gratifying it's like slow hard work yeah and, and it's it's weird to say it's like not for the faint of heart because usually mm-hmm. I'm like, well, the faint of heart is probably the ones who would really benefit from some, mm-hmm. you know, boundary setting skills yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. But yeah, no, it, it it's no joke. And I, I, I just posted right before we jumped on the zoom call, I posted one of my like, Hey, little self love reminder videos yeah. on TikTok, And I was like, you know, it takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage to heal. Yeah, because you know, in order to work through trauma, you got to look at the ugliest, most hurt parts of you. So and true. not everybody can do that. No, so I'm like, cool. Just hearing you say that, I'm like, good. Yeah, I knew what I was talking about. It's like I intuitively went good. Right. I'm not just pulling it out of my pocket. No, it's I think that's that's wisdom. And for the people that maybe are on the sidelines and aren't able to engage in that process yet, like they might be watching those videos or they might be watching and reading. Mm-hmm. And like it, it maybe bringing them inches closer or like preparing them for maybe being ready one day. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons why sometimes we're just paralyzed on the side to yeah. begin that process. Um, but yeah, I, it, it takes guts. It takes, it's exhausting. It's like mm-hmm. almost taking on another full-time job to be like, I'm going to heal. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah. Like not everyone has the capacity for it. Yeah. Working on yourself in a lot of different ways is exhausting, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, you know, just trying to get don't fret going and, and working yeah. on the second book and trying to wow. keep on top of my health, like, you know, working out in the gym and I'm going to therapy and, um, you know, keep my marriage balanced and all that stuff. I'm like, totally. and, and then I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I could probably stand to do more stuff. It's like, no, no, I can't, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, it's, reached your limit and and that's totally okay but like I hear you there's this there's this like urge or like desire like I could take on more like there's maybe because you're ambitious and you have like creative energy and you want to do more and want to add more to your plate but then it's like something's got to give and one of those things is too important to let those go right yeah yeah exactly um and that's um 
you know, it that's basically what was happening. What I was talking about before we jumped on this call, and I'm not gonna record mm-hmm. that part just because, like, it's all good. <laughs> then I'm definitely like airing out dirty laundry on <laughs> on the internet. But yeah, that's kind of where I was at, and um, yeah. So when you so so you just never really thought about a different path other than in studying counseling and becoming a counselor. Was that like? Yeah, that's that's another good question. Um, you know, I think like there's kind of two answers that I have now. Right. One is like, um, you know, when you're in like an adolescent and you're trying to figure out your future, it's very daunting and just like, I guess I'll just do this. And then, and then that changes. So like, I, you know, I probably had other dreams, I'm sure. Um, But I think like where I really felt like passion and excitement and energy was like, probably in my senior grades, like 11, 12, Mm -hmm. um, where I had like, people that were close to me that knew me, um, like, faith mentor, I think had like close friends and some strangers kind of like call out um, just like what they were seeing in me, which I guess is a, the, the possible gifting of being a listener, some, someone who, you know, might be drawn to people's suffering as odd as that might sound. Like, uh, I, I did feel that way. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was called out. And I think that helped give me like a direction and a path to kind of start pursuing. And, um, I really did want to be with people in their pain and I think it felt natural it felt familiar um which kind of goes into like the other part of the the I don't know the realizing that this was a profession some people are like it's a calling but I mean in some senses it it is and others it is a profession um there's lots of people who make you know different choices down the road and, and leave and maybe find a different path but um I think like the larger um deeper context for me is like realizing in my own work in my own like you know therapy personal therapy that uh yeah my environment from a young age shaped me to be who I am Mm. which I think that's true for all of us um my environment really I guess kind of nurtured me to become yeah. someone who wanted to help people. Yeah. Um, which sounds really nice, <laughs> but and not not a but. It's it does sound nice. Um it definitely sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's and then there's a little bit more to that, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um yeah, I, I as I mentioned, you asked me beginning like what's my birth order, like who's in my family from a family of five, two parents, uh three two other siblings and I think it was kind of just like the roles were already taken in many ways, like the other uh, roles of functioning in the family. And I kind of felt like I was casted into one that, you know, I don't regret. I wouldn't really want it any other way now, but um, I, I kind of needed to be good. I needed to be helpful Needed to be, and this is my perception, right? right? But like I needed to be, useful to my family because of the chaos that was already there so um yeah like unpacking that I've definitely sat with some of those like hard questions and moments of being like well who am I if I'm not useful who am I if I'm not a helper um you know 
the things that I yearn for in my relationships with my loved ones is like, if I'm not useful to you, will I even get my needs met or will I just be ignored? Yeah. So there's kind of like yeah. this, like I need to be needed and I need to feel yeah. important. And if I'm not doing those things, like if I was to just, you know, not be a listener and not be available emotionally. Oh, I got um, me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, that's, that's probably like my big takeaway of when I was in grad school is like doing that internal stuff um, at the yeah. same time, which, which they encourage you to do. They're like, yeah, the whole cliche, like you can only take people as far as you take yourself. Um, and yet like there's always further to go. So. Oh yeah. It's a yeah. never ending, it's a never ending practice, you know, like, um, yeah. Uh, what is the, there's a song lyric. It's like, it takes a hundred miles of love to heal a mile of pain mm. or something like that. And, and in that sense, I'm like, yeah, mathematically, most people probably never run out of miles of love that they need to take, you know, to, to work through even just like, you know, not like little things, but like not dramatic things from their childhood. Yeah. You know, it, it yeah. doesn't take much no, to leave a mark and to have that kind of change how you move through the world and how you show up in relationships in the future. Yeah. And when those things go unchecked, you end up yeah. doing more damage to yourself and to like other people. Totally. And it stockpiles, you know, and, and, um, yeah, no, I, my, my thing wasn't so much I need to be useful as it is, I need to be entertaining. Like, mm. I need you to know that I'm mm -hmm. so funny. Yeah. You cannot do without me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is my purpose. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That, I, that affirmation that comes from a laugh or a smile or yeah, you're being acknowledged right now. And if you were silent and you weren't who you are in the class or the room. Yeah. Yeah. Will, will anyone really know who you are or exactly. care to? And it, yeah. it offset like um, punishment for me a lot. Like if I could make my mom laugh, mm -hmm. I was in the clear, you know, like, yeah. like couldn't yeah. be that bad, you know, like yeah. I didn't do his homework, but like that was a good joke though. <laughs> yeah get out of here you kind of thing mm -hmm. and you know I, I i don't know if it was like worded so articulately then but i bet i definitely came to this conclusion like well if i can't make my parents proud of me yeah i'm gonna make them laugh mm -hmm. you know like because I, I can never make them proud of me but i can make them laugh mm -hmm. really good and that was like mm -hmm. my edge in yeah. against my sister's like she's not funny she, she's boring i got this uh, i'm like I'm a clown everybody here and then they're yeah. never gonna I'm never getting tossed out again kind of thing yeah and so you know it was you know by the time you and I had met mm -hmm. I had definitely carved out this understanding of myself as like I'm funny mm -hmm. I'm entertaining you know mm -hmm. if I'm not gonna get you with a joke I'm gonna get you with a good story yeah you know you totally. are never you're, I am indispensable to you because you're gonna I'm, be captivated somehow and yeah, I'll make it happen I'm gonna get yeah. you um <laughs> totally it was it it I, do, I don't recommend that to anybody mm. who's looking to become a class clown because you know when everybody's laughing no one can hear you yeah when you are trying to be vulnerable when you're trying to yeah. be honest with them totally. you know and it was one of the weirdest things this is this is, i hope this isn't too heavy um for podcast listeners but like 
every time I'd hit my mental rock bottom, every time I hit my mental rock bottom, mm-hmm. I people have a hard time believing me because, mm-hmm. you know, well, I was so funny, you know? Or, yeah. They can't take you seriously in that moment. Yeah. And even when you're being serious. Yeah. And even now I've had a bit of a, I like, I don't know if it appears that way on the outside, but I've had a bit of a like metamorphosis and I don't think I'm like quite the funny guy anymore, but like, you know, I'm like this, uh, soft-spoken mm-hmm. poet who talks about feelings and mental health and self-love and all this stuff. So when I hit my rock bottom, there's still people like, but you're so joyful. Mm. How could you be going through it? You know, mm. how could you be at the bottom when you're, you know, like, yeah, but to get, like, give you guys a boost, I got to mm-hmm. be down here, you know? Right. Yeah. And people don't That's, really think about it that way a lot. Of course. Yeah. I think that especially if, that's their perception of you, but that's not, that's not you. That's just yeah. their, that's their uh, interpretation of what they think or who they think you are. And not that like our emotions define us, but it's like you, you can have more than one experience and you can have a variety of emotions. Yeah. And, and I think like, not to be all like fangirlish, but you know, like (laughs) holding up the joy and misery book. I feel like that speaks um, volumes to what you're saying right now too. Like things can coexist at the same time. I I can be a funny person and I can have incredible depth on suffering at the same time and be intellectual and be introspective and also be outgoing. Like those things can happen. Wow. That's so much. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm getting i i appreciate it thank you for the support and i have a signed copy yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah that like even even like writing the second one you know like going a little bit deeper and talking about more of these things mm-hmm. um it's it's interesting just kind of feeling that like i don't know how to explain it other than there are certain pieces that are written. I'm like, yeah, people are probably not going to get the point, mm. even though I will be very direct yeah. kind of thing because of that perception perception or mm-hmm. mythologizing of like who Deep Redder is. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow. And he's still just so happy. <laughs> That's amazing. After all that, he's a golden retriever. Wow. Like- you know? <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. You you have layers, you have, we all have complexities. And yeah. I think that's like the really such a vulnerable thing is when you start to show that authentic true self yeah. and people might miss it yeah. and that it's sad and it's, it's bound to happen. And then yeah. there'll be probably people who also are like, wow, like this is a side of you that I've, I've wanted to see for a long time. And it's here now you feel safe to show it and feel really honored to see it. I haven't had anybody say anything like that to me yet, but maybe one day. Yeah. Um, I did. One of my high school bullies has a copy and reached out okay. to me. Okay. Wow. And, yeah. Um, and he's he's in the book. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, a full circle moment well, there. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he fully got it. Right. Like I don't. He. I don't think he was fully sorry Mm -hmm. but he was like you know i had i didn't what did he say it was something like i didn't realize 
you like wow there was a lot more to you than mm. you let on then was kind of yeah. like what he said yeah which I thought was interesting I don't know how he heard about the book that's that's the weird part for me like how did you what? <laughs> are you secretly following me <laughs> I was like yeah we haven't spoken in 12 years or something like that wild like, um but you're you you mentioned when we were dming that you're working on a book project as well how's that going for you yeah it's you know speaking of vulnerability (laughs) um (laughs) it's like i could count on one hand how many people i've told about this book so when i when i mentioned that i mentioned it to you blake was like really (laughs) (laughs) you you talked (laughs) i'm like yeah i did um (laughs) yeah so i mean that's a step for me i think you know um it definitely is a project of person it came from my own personal healing yeah and really i think it was written uh for me and then at a certain point i wondered maybe other people could also benefit from yeah maybe reading it <laughs> maybe. my hesitancy is because it's like it's still so new even though this I wrote this book two years ago. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say book, like it, it is a book, it's, it's a, it's a children's storybook. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it kind of caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't anticipate, I didn't sit down and like say, I'm going to write this today. Um, I think it just came quite literally out of grieving and, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's like, I feel like it was a gift for me to kind of externalize my feelings and Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, and then I think what surprised me is what came out in words was like, not exactly what I was feeling and not in the sense that it was like incongruent. It was more like the, I felt anger and like such, such strong sadness and, um, heaviness mm-hmm. and feeling really alone and yet like this this the story came to me that that kind of is very much full of love and like yeah yearning for attachment and connection yeah. and it, it's more pleasant and beautiful than what I remember feeling in the moment yeah. but it was like it, yeah it was almost like what I needed to hear what what myself needed to hear yeah um so that that was kind of I don't know if you've ever had that experience when you're in a creative space where like what's coming out it you know it's from you but it also feels like it's kind of just like coming out of nowhere like dropping into your brain yeah the um, words are yeah that's my those are my most popular songs and poems mm, um mm-hmm. like um the poem self love you know if you don't love yourself you can't love mm-hmm. anybody else I wrote that after getting into like a huge fight with a family member. Yeah. And be like, this nigga does not like this nigga taking out all their self-loathing out of the world. I'm Mm -hmm. fucking sick of it. Yeah. Why don't you understand that if you don't love yourself and that's like how the poems are like, yeah like almost like out of anger like Mm -hmm. damn you're a moron why don't you know that if Mm -hmm. you don't love yourself you can't love anybody else 
Mm. And I know that's a hard truth, but that's one that I have to tell. And like, so mm -hmm. the original, like w the way I was writing it to my, like uh, to, to the mirror was yeah. very like yeah. aggro and like, yeah, almost confrontational in a way. Yeah, it's like your validation doesn't come from the people that you know <laughs> yeah. or accomplishing your goals. You keep trying that shit. It doesn't work. And it's getting old. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like really. Mm -hmm. It's like, powerful. It was, it's in your face. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like almost a diss track. And then I was like, <laughs> I was reading it back the next morning. I'm like, oh, you know what? I feel like I need to hear this, too. And then I was yeah. like, oh, you know what? I feel like my TikTok or my Instagram followers need to hear this, too. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. maybe I'll just calm down and mm -hmm. change my presentation a little bit. And right. Same. The words are loving. Like, yeah. there's love in there. It's just like, yeah, it's almost like anger <laughs> or like, you know, like a, a more, it's a powerful kind of in your face kind of love. Yeah. Where it came from. But then you deliver it. Yeah. In a, a gentler way. Mm -hmm. um, and like, yeah, what, what you were describing uh, when I work with my students, we call that alchemy and integration mm. you know taking the ugly the unpleasant the hard to mm -hmm. feel feelings and making them into something beautiful mm. and then that helps you integrate with the truth that you're feeling if that makes sense so like i love that that's beautiful yeah thank you yeah like that's something that i've I've worked through a lot and just kind of philosophizing over my own writing process of yeah like, you know um Boy, if you haven't read my book, this might be confusing. But you know, like the one about my mom or my dad, mm -hmm. or even like being so delusional, I genuinely thought Dwayne Johnson was my biological father right. or the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Like yeah. in writing those pieces, yeah, I'm like, yeah, and that's that's how I felt, or yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I used to believe, or whatever. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I'm like sorry that you had to go through that but also i'm so happy that you were able yeah. to do that with and for yourself you know right like collaborating with yourself in such mm -hmm. a way to come out with this piece of work that you know like it isn't out or anything i was just you mentioned yeah. you were working on it i was like oh that's yeah really cool. no i appreciate i appreciate you giving me space to talk about it because it's, it's challenging in a good way for me yeah. to, to acknowledge it i think because yeah. i'm i'm quite private about most of the things that like matter very dear to me yeah, that are vulnerable or things that I create so yeah. um like I do have a an intention to let the world know <laughs> about it mm -hmm. let my people in my world know um but I like definitely resonate with that alchemy and what was the other word you used integration alchemy and integration um yeah that there there's deep pain that we experience and whether or not we intend on it becoming externalized through creative outlets, sometimes it does. And, and that's something we can share tangibly with other people. And um, we don't always have to explain like what it means, but it, yeah. it means something to them individually. Right. Yeah. And I, I hope that would be my yearning for this book. Um, the book is called, I will love you into being. And oh my I, <laughs> Yeah, you were saying. Uh, I I can't take in, like entire credit for that term. I I heard it from Rogers, which isn't not Carl Rogers, but Fred, Mister Fred Rogers. Um, <laughs> if you remember Fred Rogers from, um, oh, sorry, 
Oh, well, he's like a childhood. He's like a famous old man. Oh, yeah. It's like a TV show. Okay. Well, anyways, maybe it's he's like on PBS for Mr. Rogers. He goes by Mr. Rogers. I threw it threw you off with the Fred part. Yeah, that part threw me no clue. (laughs) Mr. Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In uh in in one of the stories about him, he he uses that as almost like a mindfulness activity he does with his listeners. And it was just about being able to recall all the people in your life that have loved you into being. And I remember just hearing that and it like striking me. And um, yeah, and I think when the story came to me, I think that was like really the theme, like mm-hmm. that we are loved into being. Sometimes it is through those that bring us into this world and sometimes it's not and or a combination. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my story, it's it's not necessarily only about me either, but I, I, uh, I definitely was inspired from a, a relationship with, with a mother. Um, and, you know, I, I think that I really hold on to like parts of my, my journey or my developing years of being nurtured and, and being cared for. And, and that's kind of, I think what, what was coming out is like those, those experiences, those early experiences that I wanted to hold on to. Um, while also grieving what can't can't yeah. be um, continued or um, what might feel like is missing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like there's an honoring and there's also like a deep sadness sitting with with both of those things. And yeah, I think um, something that I was going to say earlier that that you touched on already was like kind of that theme of like there's a dialect in life, like where we have you know the pain and and then beauty that comes from that it doesn't like negate the fact that it sucks and it's painful <laughs> um but then there's something that's life-giving that can come forth and like um I kind of like had at that time thought of it being like I'm grateful and grieved you know coinciding like they're not they're not contradicting each other and like you know you're book joy and misery like or joy plus misery i I should ask is it and or plus uh it you can just say and it's fine yeah yeah so joy and misery um i have a friend who released a folk album like last year and it was titled like sweet and sorrow and i feel like those types of themes like really they connect with people because they're true and and it's like this wisdom that's like yeah, that's, that's our experience in life. Like there's, there's both and, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah. So that's kind of some of the the context behind this ambiguous book that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think in general, like just the journey of healing yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing all that. And, and I really appreciate you um, taking this from this uh, vulnerable secret thing to like share it with the listener yeah um you know i i I don't hear back from a lot of them but they keep coming back so i assume they they like the vulnerable conversations with you know you know creative types and Mm -hmm. you know people i find fascinating or inspiring that's pretty much the premise of the podcast and so yeah i appreciate all of you holding space for aaron to uh share that so 
Shout Thank out, you. gang, gang. Um, <laughs> y'all could stand to rate and review the podcast, though. That would be really helpful with visibility. Um, I know every podcast says it, guys, but it actually does help with visibility and it lets people like you know that they're not making a mistake by pressing play. They keep skipping that bit in the right. intro, so I'm hitting them in the middle. Ah, uh, got uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just where they don't see it coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they can't like, they be like, oh, no, oh, you got me. Now I have to. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to. But it would really help. Um, wow. All right. That's amazing. Um, so we were talking a little bit about self-care before. Mm-hmm. We were talking about like the therapy and the mm-hmm. the kind mm-hmm. of like more serious I'm going to say more serious sides of like self-care and all that stuff. And I know that like self-care is not like a bubble bath or lighting a candle (laughs) per se, but like, what do, what does self-care mean to you? Mm. Like when you, when you approach that term, what, what comes to mind? What do you, what do you, what do you think of it? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. That's Um, Victoria's question. I can't take credit for it. (laughs) Thanks, Victoria. Uh, I mean, I think like self-care is in the sense of caring for oneself. It's it's very subjective to each individual. Um, Like if I was to be like, this works for me, it might most definitely not work for you. You know, the the, the things that I find rejuvenating or fulfilling or or even um, like self-care, like I, I appreciate that you kind of talked about it not being glamorous always because um yeah sometimes it is kind of painted in this picture that it's instagrammable and sparkly and something you can buy at like lush when like yeah there are things you probably could purchase at lush that could help with your self-care not that I'm being um you know encouraged to say that or anything it's just I think that uh in in a very unromantic way it is it is taking care of your health and that being mental health in this scenario. Um, So like, yeah, I think everyone's, it's a working progress. And I think something that I wanted to highlight if we did talk about that was like exactly this, like one that it never like mental wellness, like it's, it's not something that we achieve like once. And you're like, I met my goal. Like I, you know, is my new year's resolution and I hit it and I feel great. And and now I'll never have to do it again. It's like, it's not something that stops. And even for people who are like, you know, avid, um, you know, going to counseling or, or maybe they're in the field of mental health. Like it's all of us are like on the same, the same level of like needing to take care of ourselves, take care of our bodies, take care of our minds, um, take care of our emotions. So I feel like it's not something that you like reach and retire at. It's like every day it's a choice to like take care of yourself. And that's like, it, it includes sleep mm-hmm. and, and like eating, eating well for you and like being able to have boundaries and yeah. things that are like, Oh yeah, that's not as sparkly. And it, you know, it, it's not as um packageable, but it's so important. Drinking water, yeah. <laughs> like things like all of those things are also part of self-care, self-love. Um, so, yeah, I think to me, it, it is almost like this ongoing forever attempt to just love oneself. And that also being not glamorous. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you said hit it, and you were talking about like, oh, like, uh, you know, it's this thing I achieve. I hit it one time. Mm-hmm. I, my brain automatically went to like goal weights. Right. That people want to achieve yes. with like fitness or something like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, the destination. Oh, yeah. Right. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, I get that. And then I thought about it for like another half second and was like, wait, even that's still like a, an ongoing mm-hmm. practice because, mm-hmm. you know, if you go straight back to whatever habits you had that made you gain the excess fat that you don't want to keep or, sure. or whatever habits you had where you weren't maintaining enough mass for your comfort level or whatever the goal is, you're just going to go right back to where you are. And so even, yeah. even fitness is this ongoing yeah. practice, like even your physical health, it like it, you don't, you don't just get to check it off once and then you're done. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that we, we approach either that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like as if it's, it's a, a goal. And I mean, some goals, yeah, I guess it's like you want to achieve it, but then like maintain it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that taking care of one's physical health and taking care of one's mental health, like it could, it, they could be seen similarly by mm-hmm. some people and for others, they might be like completely different, like going to the gym equals this for many people that could be both mental health and physical health, right? Like there's a lot of overlap. Um, and, and yet I, I think I would hope that, you know, whether it be people listening to your podcast or, um, just even a wish for general society that like if you did fall off the wagon of like oh yeah I'm not you know I'm not sleeping well and I'm I'm not going to my counselor that I see regularly and I've stopped you know maybe I'm isolating from my friends that it isn't like a well now I failed and I and I have to like start all over again it's like right. you know that that you can you can engage today is today is a new day and like um it doesn't have to be all or nothing. There's things that we can do to like support ourselves in yeah. experiencing wellness. Now it, it, it's not like a, an all or nothing kind of thing, you know, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, even if you don't make it to the gym for a couple of weeks, you don't lose. Like I, it's happened to me. Yeah. Um, I don't lose the strength that I've gained from since I started working out in mm-hmm. what was it 2012, whatever. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, there's muscle memory. Yeah. There's a, probably a lot more human kinetic terms that I don't know, but like, it's, it's like, you've done, you've, you've, you've made those pathways. Um, and I feel like also we're, we're taking care of our bodies or taking care of our minds. Like, you know, it is an investment. It's yeah. not like it all disappears if we, right. you know, suddenly have a, a dip in our mood and, and have a hard time like getting out of bed. Like that's, I can imagine how hard it would be to feel motivated to start doing the things that you intuitively know are good for you that that really will help you um and like it's okay to to not always be achieving like all the all the things on our checklist that equate mental wellness well and the and the checklist is so long you know there are definitely seasons of life where even in a practical sense like you know what i just don't have the time to meditate today because i gotta get to the airport totally drop so-and-so off or whatever or like you know what like i i got so caught up in whatever I had to skip breakfast. I it yeah. was just a power bar on the car or whatever 100%. That stuff happens. And I think sometimes like 
almost I think just because like capitalistic training mm-hmm. we think we failed if we yeah. don't do these self-care practices whatever they are yeah properly every time and then it's like we've undone all the work it's like you probably haven't you're fine you know, especially like totally meditation it's a practice you can't fail at it and that's a huge misconception i'm not a fan of mm-hmm. um uh burnout i imagine mm-hmm. it happens in your profession like you mm-hmm. for you personally mm-hmm. a bit a fair bit i would guess yeah um and you know while we're talking about self-care i feel like when we're burnt out, we don't really know how to soothe that burn. Yeah, um, that's what, so true. Do you? What do you do when you find yourself in that state? Like, do you mm-hmm. take that time? Do you do you step back from your people mm-hmm. a bit? Do you um, you know, like what, what what's what is your not not as a like universal this is what you do for right. burnout but like just <laughs> yeah. what is you three steps no no totally no, like that's a, that's a do? really really real question i think especially like wow we've we're not done but we're definitely like still moving through this odd pandemic yeah. world and i think like that the concept of burnout there's probably a lot of people walking around that are that don't even know that they are yeah. like it's just like this is my everyday survival yeah. now um so seeing from personal experience i think the, the summer that i the summer after i wrote this book but it still was the same theme of what i was kind of processing and working through um with grieving and, and healing um i did feel burnt out and I remember contemplating if I needed to take a stress leave and that Mm. was really from work I remember um wrestling with that and invalidating myself to say like no you can't because and I could come up with so many because of why I didn't have a good enough reason to leave um and also looking back realizing like that was an opportunity that was something that I had legitimate reason to ha- take a stress leave for. I did take some days off though for mm-hmm. for that stress and for what I was experiencing. Um, when you realize as a counselor that it's hard to sit with other people's pain because maybe yours is really great in that moment, kind yeah. of is a sign that maybe I'm not being as effective and, yeah. and I don't want to harm anyone if I am not present or somehow come across invalidating when I'm, right maybe just hurting inside. So, um, yeah, I think that in that season, you know, I let the people who are my supervisors know kind of what was going on and tried to kind of really slow down and step back from other things that were like maybe taking up my energy. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I knew that I was like, really had nothing, nothing to give and not that we're going to go in that conversation, but like speaking on the private practice stuff, like, that was when I was launching it. And so it was like, what the heck? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> this is like not part of the plan. Um, and it like, it totally like kind of fucks with your plans. You're like that. I had a path, but then burnout showed up yeah. and I didn't have a lot of um, say in it. It just kind of sh- yeah. just was there. And then, so then you readjust. So I think like for me, it, it looked like 
changing my expectations on myself. Yes. The self-love self-compassion, but like kind of, I think acknowledging like this is, this is legitimate. This is worth slowing down for you're allowed to slow down, even though you have moments of feeling very guilty about it. Um, but yeah, I think like in, in this profession specifically, like sometimes there are opportunities to step away for a time if you need to, so that, you know, we, we take oaths to not do harm ethically. (laughs) So like that's, you know, we have to be responsible and self-aware. Um, and personally, uh, yeah, I think it was, it was letting myself slow down. Okay. That's, well, thank you for being so honest and appreciate that. And, and I, I, you know, agree that is mm-hmm. a good thing to do when you're burnt out. I rarely give myself that permission. Um, it's hard. Yeah. I, 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 I just probably some sort of like ambition striving thing yeah. inside of me. That's just like, no, we can't stop. Yeah. We don't stop. Yeah. Like yeah especially when you're can, in it. Yeah. Especially when I'm in it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, everyone else can crumble, but I will not. That's mm-hmm. not me. I don't do mm-hmm. that. Fredder, he don't stop. <laughs> he doesn't. D-Fredder there's no giving up. Stop. And then yeah. all of a sudden he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I can't get off the floor. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like those are the, the the moments where you're like, I was just pushing forward, kept pushing, pushing. And then you like see yourself in the mirror, you see you're functioning when no one's looking and you're like, okay, um, you know, I can't stop crying or I can't get out of bed or yeah. I don't want to feed myself for a couple of days. Like those types of thoughts or those types of, um, yeah, kind of realizations sometimes can be helpful as like reflections yeah and know where we're at but i i get it it's you know for some people who are, i see you as high functioning like got a lot on the go and it's hard to let go of those things I, I, when you work so hard to get where you are yeah. and that fear of like well if i let go now what's going to happen yeah and i think um you know i'm this is, this is not therapy or anything but I will, I will say that like, because I perceive most of my creative endeavors as failures, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I can't let this one fail too. You know, so it's like, mm-hmm. oh, if I stop, this one will tank as well. Right. Because, yeah. You know, I've stopped comedy for my mental health. I yeah. moved away from music because um, I felt taken advantage of and abused by my colleagues. So I was like, yeah. nope, not doing yeah. this again, you know, walked away. And now I'm like, okay, this book's got to come out and it's got to be a banger. Like, I need it this year. And it's like, I just can't, I can't do it. Um, mm. Which was like, that was like a hard pill to swallow at some point that I can't finish the first draft of book two mm-hmm. in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, other stuff. But um, yeah, for me, I think burnout presents itself a lot more like I'm angrier yeah. than... I should be at like things like irritable is not the right word. Like it, it's like we we're past irritable mm-hmm. and I'm just like the fucking sky being all blue and shit thinks it's so cool. Oh, look at me on the sky. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. It's like everything is yeah. enraging. Yeah. 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 Oh, big Honda Civic just driving down the road. <laughs> Get out of here. You know, just like being, yeah. Like, you just notice like you're, you're, uh, your baseline like your normal mood like this is now this is you most of the time is like this experience and it's 
Yeah. It's not who you are. It's right. like. And then Alana will tilt her head like, you good, dog? And I'm like, oh, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think like that's a really good point, too. Uh, sometimes if we don't see ourselves burning out, I think the closest loved one or friend to us, yeah. they typically know us yeah. really well and can point out those things. There's been times where Blake's been like, do you want to go back to therapy? <laughs> I'm like, uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, thank yeah, you, I mean, also it, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I'm angry at you, and that's very honest and insightful. So, um, <laughs> oh, I love that dude. He's, yeah, he's I do too. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that like maybe we can't always be on all the time, and yeah. it's hard to be introspective all the time, and. And I think that thankfully we don't have to live life alone and we re- live it in relationships and those people sometimes point things out or even just like help us come back to who we are. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Ground uh, grounds us and mm-hmm. supports us and, and you do the same for them. And, you know, um, I think they call it interdependence or something like that. Mm, yeah, um, totally. Interdependency versus codependency. Yeah. The good stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's great stuff. Um, so yeah, we've been going for a minute now, so yeah, I want to be respectful of your time, and I just want to acknowledge, like, I really appreciate you taking the time to jump on the podcast and be so open and and thoughtful in your your answers and and vulnerable and and yeah, no, this is um, I mean, this is probably the first episode of season five of the podcast, but it's one of my favorites mm-hmm. that we've recorded so far, so. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, I just have a couple of questions for you. One of them is yeah. pretty easy. It's just, you know, if people were rocking with what you were saying, they want to hear more about like, you know, the book or your practice yeah. or whatever, not to like get therapy from you, but it's just like, you yeah. know, just want to connect and say what's up on the social medias. Where can people do that? Totally. Um, it's my name, Aaron Egan dot counseling on Instagram. It's kept it real simple, easy to find. That's so smart. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's my only platform at the moment. Cool. So yeah. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for more. But until then, just say what's good on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you could talk to a younger version of yourself, and that could be, you know, we take the science fiction route where we get a time machine, or we take <laughs> the more like spiritual, medical, spiritual, habitual, ritual type of thing, or you're just reaching yeah. down in your soul and talking to like, yeah. that part or that little Aaron inside, like um, Mm. what age is that version of you that you're going to speak to? And what's one thing you would tell them? Don't fret about blank. Mm. That is a beautiful question. And I like all of the avenues to get to the past. Um, I like giving choices, you know, I don't want to limit it. A lot of opportunities. Um. I think I would talk to my five-year-old self and kind of keep, keep aware of my feelings in this moment. Okay. Crying is cool though. That's, <laughs> I'm all about crying. Um, my five-year-old self. And I'd, I'd tell them, um, I tell them that they will, they will be safe. Yeah. Yeah. Don't fret. You'll be safe. Like You'll that. be safe. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh oh, oh that's resonating with me right <laughs> I now. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. that's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for thank being you, on the podcast. D.
Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Season 5 of the Don't Fret Podcast. She's been Aaron Egan. I've been Dee Fretter. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Don't Fret Podcast. If you'd like to keep up with this week's guest, be sure to refer to the show notes below for their social medias and website. Please don't forget to rate and review the show or even just tell a friend about it. I know every podcast says it, but it helps with visibility and it lets people like you know that they're not making a mistake by listening to this show. So thank you so much for doing all that and supporting the show. My name is Dee Fretter. Have a great rest of your week. Be safe, be smooth, and don't fret. I'll see you next time.